fisting, fighting, fucking crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way, it's the way that we live, it's the way that we live. And I Hi. I'm Reese. And I'm Carly. And uh, this is um, to Alan back. Woo! Yay! And we're, here we are. Another yep. episode. It's a really, <sighs> really great episode. Great episode. Honestly, Reese, <laughs> we have no one to blame but ourselves. We knew this was coming eventually. Yeah, we but did. It's already here. And. Ugh. Yeah, it's um. Today's the day. Today's the day we all, as aforementioned, today's the day that we all knew was coming. Today is death day. It is. It to- is episode three ten. Losing the light. And that is a pretty. I think that's kind of that's what the episode is. You know, mm-hmm. like you might feel light about something, anything in the in your day. Mm-hmm. Literally, almost anything is better. And then you lose it because you watch this episode and then your inner light is gone and then you have no, there's no light left in the world and that's global warming. Wow. Yeah. It's not just like that the sunset because it's nighttime? Uh, no. Mm-mm. Okay. No, that's like a whole different thing. Got it. Yeah. This episode originally aired March 12th, 2006, a day that will forever live <laughs> in infamy <sighs> as the day Eileen Shaken took Dana from us. Uh-huh. This episode was written and directed by Rose Trochet, who is a great talented person yeah it's and too bad she got saddled with too, this too too bad i'm actually one. shocked that eileen didn't write at yeah. least write this mm-hmm. um but what are you gonna do should we just get this over with yeah i guess we should preface this by saying this is gonna be unpleasant <laughs> and <laughs> woo, we specifically did not have a guest on today's show mm-hmm. because we did not want to put anyone through this we're kind we're, we're so kind. <laughs> um, we are still going to try to find ways to, to make it funny. To make it funny. Yeah. Please do not misinterpret that for make anything that we are not doing. We are not trying to make light of death, death or cancer, cancer. any of the things that are happening in this episode. Um, we are just uh, going to be dealing with the ways that the show had very little respect for a lot of things. Yeah. Also, I feel like humor is a coping mechanism exactly in times of tragedy we're gonna recap an early episode of the fresh prince of bel-air <laughs> also written by eileen jacob <laughs> humor is my only coping mechanism <laughs> oh, so that's great humor and food all right let's do it ice cold open here <laughs> so we we open with, where's laura been <laughs> i don't know where's laura oh she's in paris Gay Paris, Gay Paris at a spa. <laughs> yeah, she's covered in mud. So her, in you mud. can see her little nipples, little with mud, like a little mud nips, little mud nips. She's with some French girl, it seems like. Yeah, who's like blah 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 <laughs> blah 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 blah. And then the chart does its thing where it starts to draw a line from Laura's yeah. name to another name, but there's no name there, and then there's the line no goes other away. Name. The other name is sadness and despair. <laughs> it was despair. Yeah. Um, I didn't write down what the girl says that makes Laura kind oh, of Oh, a cranky. woman walks by who's had a vasectomy. That's right. I'm, I already blocked it out from yesterday. Then, which, by the way, 
that's this is such a stupid way like to introduce a conversation yeah i know yeah so then laura sees this woman and is like and thinks oh dana sure and abruptly leaves the mud treatment <laughs> to go check yeah. her phone in the locker room right she, she i don't know how she got all the, i guess she probably got in the shower but she still has mud caked around her hairline yeah i don't know continuity it's, oh my god um she leaves a voicemail for dana on her landline in her empty apartment clearly dana has been gone, gone. for several days there's like a pile of mail by the door yeah it looks like mostly ads yeah it looks junk. like garbage yeah yeah um don't worry dana and le- you didn't miss anything mm. and she leaves a voicemail um probably trader joe's friendly flyer oh my god it's like someone like running for city council yeah. uh-huh. um vote in your local <laughs> elections uh laura says she misses dana and she wants to come home right so there's this ongoing thing that they have throughout the episode where there's a sort of a little time mm-hmm. thing that comes up and so this the time that comes up here is 11 50 p.m in paris 1 50 p.m los angeles yes so this is a thing that has been used in many other shows and films and things Basically, this episode happens in real time. Right. Which, by the way, it, it doesn't. But I think... Yeah. It, it's, They're trying. Because in... So this is all... Everything in this episode is supposed to happen in 45 minutes, right. basically. Which is not true. But um, like, it's we'll, fine. We'll give some of... Some of the scenes don't really fit that. But like, mm-hmm. we'll give it a pass because they clearly... Because we don't going, like anything about this episode. Right. So, so why would we... Why, why pick... Why harp on the time? <laughs> yeah. Um, this is something you've probably seen on the show 24... And it's this sort of trope called like, it's like real time, like everything's mm-hmm. happening in real time to sort of show how quickly something can change a condensed timeline, et cetera. I think Brooklyn Nine-Nine did this once. The film Time Code from the early 2000s did this. Um, but the weird thing, I think Grey's Anatomy did this too. Um, mm-hmm. But one of the, the weird thing I thought was the font and the style yeah. of the time. It looked, looked like, a, like something out of 24. It looked like it was the font that they would use for like a space themed ride yeah. at Disney World. It was like not at all in the visual language of the show in, no. in any way. So it's... Everyone was just trying to get through it. It was like something out of Star Trek. It was so kind of like unrelated. Yeah. But um, that so the clock, we're not going to, I'm not going to, I don't think we're going to say the time every time it happens probably, but it, it pops up in every single scene. And then at the end is like a runner uh, throughout the entire finale of the episode. So that is 1.52 p.m. at the hospital. Yes. Uh, Tina's going on a date with Henry. She's like, am I too dressed up? Alice says she isn't too dressed up. And... Then Tina leaves to go on her date and Alice leans over to very sick Dana and says, you're right. Bisexuality is gross. I can see it now. I can see it now, which is a terrible line, um, but it does make Dana smile. So there's a cute yeah. thing there, I guess. Yeah. But it's, I think that line is often held up as like the epitome of what this show is doing wrong with bisexuality. Oh, yeah. Um, there's also a mention of like which pals are showing up at what time. So yeah. they've clearly got like, like Alice has been there for several days. They don't say it in this scene, but they say later she's been there for five days. Um, so Dana has been there for five days and every few hours there's like different pairs of friends who are kind of cycling in and out, bringing them things, checking on them, bringing food, mm. um, which is like a nice like friend group community yeah. thing. Although it seems to go completely to shit within mm-hmm. the 45 minute period. In fact, we don't see anyone show up. We don't know for these 45 minutes. Yeah. So it's implied that they're coming or that they've been there, but we don't see anybody. Uh, Henry picks up Tina outside of the hospital then we go to the retreat where the weather is very unpleasant. It's snowing. It's It looks like it's hailing. Yeah, it doesn't look good. Raindrops are falling on their bald heads. And they're doing their walking in a circle quietly, but yeah, not my bad. My favorite form of exercise. Not bad. Bad has had quite enough. She's like, I am out of here. She's back in her gold trench that she showed up in. <laughs> and once she's outside of the 
place, she starts shouting, <laughs> Woo! Woo! <laughs> Which she's really just letting loose. Look at that. Yeah, Bet is going for it. Uh, then we go to Shenny's. Carmen is updating Dana's iPod using um, iTunes. And uh, I took a picture of the playlist just to, it's, if I wanted to use it later. It's all classical music. Yeah. Um, I love that this show does such a specific thing with its characters where mm-hmm. it's like, if one person is in any way associated with a topic, yeah. then anytime anything related to that topic is brought up, th- that person has to do it. For instance, yeah. um, why is Carmen the one updating Dana's iPod? Uh, because because of the, she's a the DJ. DJ. Yeah. But like, I wish she was wearing a fedora. I know that would have been Actually, nice. I'll tell you what. Sarah Shahi is very attractive in this episode she is extremely attractive she's got these short little shorts on she's wearing like a white henley that's unbuttoned god her hair is pulled back but there's like some careful wisps in her face it's it 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 was the Mm. only thing getting me through the episode and it was very distracting i also had a shirt almost exactly like shane's that she wears in this episode that free city like it's a a muscle tee Uh free, free city one i have one almost just like that um so and and then Shane, they're actually kind of being cute. And yeah. there's a moment where you're like, hey, maybe they're like on the up right. and up from where they've been the last few episodes. Because Shane's like, I didn't know you like classical music. She's like, She's there's like, a lot of things you don't know about me. Like, I shot a gun once. <laughs> it was my cousin's and it was very loud. I know what you mean. I shot one once too. All right, go on. Tell me some more. I cheated on you. Uh-oh. Oh. So I guess right after Shane went off and fucked Sherry Jaffe at her beach house all night, Carmen went and fucked someone too. Or who said I fucked her? That's later. Yeah, that's later. (laughs) Um, Speaking of things that are fucked, we go, it looks like um, Tim's Oberlin swim team has come to California for a beat. With California University. Yes. CU, also my initials. It is now (laughs) 1.58 p.m. Um. Tim. Max has a full beard. <laughs> the, yeah. The facial hair mm-hmm. escalation is Wild. out of control. Uh, so they're meeting up, Max and Jenny. Tim's, Tim seems genuinely happy to see Jenny. Yeah. He's like, you look great. She's it like, starts off you very look great. Pleasantly. And it's true. They do both look great. Yeah. Um. Then we meet uh, Becky, T- Tim's very pregnant wife. Yes. Then um, that actress played a nurse in the season two finale. Interesting. Maybe that's where Tim met her. Oh, maybe it is where Tim met her. He was skulking outside. <laughs> somehow you know, is still Marina around in there. The, somehow still around at the yeah. season two finale. They say, this is a Ryan William Haspel in the making, which is ominous. And then, <laughs> um, and Jenny does not introduce Max to them. Nope. This is such a social faux pas. This is, this is also Jenny is not the first time Jenny has done this. Yeah. So, th- so Max has to fucking introduce himself. Oh, and so awkward. Tim seems a little bit confused a little bit. Then he walks off with Randy, who's historically been a real shit about gay stuff. Yep. And he's like, good thing you got out while you could. Helena's office. Oh, it's, I don't think it's not her office. It's definitely a different look. It's oh, yeah. Like it's like the law, maybe it's the lawyer's, it's office. the lawyer's office. And she's about to go in with her lawyer to a meeting with Dylan and Danny and their lawyer until the greatest thing that could possibly Woo! have happened happens. Peggy, Peggy Peabody, Peabody shows up. And she's gonna fix it. Peggy Peabody, Peggy Peabody, Peggy, Peggy Peabody, Peabody, we love you. She's not happy about this debacle. Oh, oh, oh she is What not. has her child gotten herself into this time? Once again. We go back to California University. 
Um, where Max is like, hey, I used to swim. And they start talking about swimming. And he's like, this is my time. And Tim's like, that was your time on men's. And you won. And then and then Jenny goes. Before Max can even respond to this, Jenny, who was not. It was just the two guys talking. Uh-huh. And then suddenly Jenny just like pops her dumb head in and screams. He's transitioning. He's a pre-op transsexual. And he was talking about the women's swim team time. He's transitioning. <laughs> And she, and then after she says it, she like looks at Tim in a very like what yeah. kind of way, which is so gross. Like it's like this is some kind of like badge of honor for her or like some yeah. cool. She's definitely thing. treating it like I am. I have not like, just yeah, queer. I'm like extra queer. Like and she's like it's like she like wants Tim to know in this very pointed way that is yeah. so gross. She's making it all about her once again. Yeah, and then so Tim and Becky walk away, and Tim like laughs, and they get into the car and Becky's kind of like, like, why are you being a laughing? And he's like, the next time we see Jenny, she might be with a German shepherd. Just brace yourself. Just brace yourself. Which is like, yeah, fuck you. Slippery slope though. You know, you let women marry women. And before you know, we're all marrying our dogs. I mean, I love my dogs. I just don't want to marry them. Yeah. Well, you might change your mind. That's true. Um, So anyway, they're like, let's go someplace close for lunch. Cause now they all have to go have lunch together, which is let's make this quick. Yeah. And he he says it's classic Jenny bullshit. And then we go back to Max and Jenny's SUV. Oh no, it's Max's truck. Oh, it's Max's truck. And uh, Max has just locked Jenny right out of it. Good, (laughs) good, 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 good. Oh, Tim also says to Becky that he thought it was obvious that Max was trans. He said, wasn't it obvious? Right. Yes, that's right. That's right. He does say that. And I was like, what? Okay, whatever. Yeah. We go back to the hospital. And Alice and a nurse are giving Dana like kind of like a sponge bath. Yeah, she's from Battlestar too. Oh, nice. Uh, Because her parents are supposed to be coming by. And the nurse is like, you've been in here for five days. You need to go outside and like get some fresh air and just like get out of here. And she makes this whole point about how, how long have you been here? Five days. Has she gone anywhere yet? No. Well, then you should be able to go outside and it'll dun, be dun, fine. Dun. Chekhov's stopwatch. <laughs> and Dana, Alice and Dana say they love each other, right? Yes. Dana says she loves Alice. And Alice tells her she loves her back. We go to the planet. It's 2.03 p.m. Uh, one of the employees tells Kit that a man is mad about a burger. I thought this was going to be Angus. I thought it was going to be Angus, like, surprise proposing. Isn't that what happened at the speed dating? They're like, this guy needs something. Yes, and then it was fucking but Angus. But instead, this burger goes nowhere. This is not Chekhov's burger, that's no, for sure. No, it's definitely not Chekhov's this is just angry Angus's diner. <laughs> and then she's, like, really stressed out because Angus was supposed to be there and he's not answering his phone. Right. All right. Back to Shenny's. Uh, Shane's watching Shane's TV. Shane's watching Penn and Teller. <laughs> Shane is watching <laughs> Penn and fucking Teller. Is Shane into magic? Uh, and she's avoiding Carmen. And and <laughs> Shane <laughs> asked what her name was. And she's like, her name is Robin. And then Shane's like, Robin Howard? <laughs> like, you can tell Shane's like, oh, God, is this the same person I stuck with? And she's like, I don't remember her last name. She's like, I love that she's like, who was she? And yeah. Carmen's like, you don't know her. Right. And then she tries to prove that she knows her, but probably doesn't yeah um i would love for these two to like go to a therapist or like something or just break up and then she's like did you fuck her more than once and then who said that i fucked her i would like to know it is now two or three p.m so it has been seven minutes since since carmen told her that she cheated on her yeah i don't none of like the time like i get what she's already picked a show right it I, seems like she's into the show. Yeah, she seems like she was watching it. Yeah. They were like really trying to make the real time 45 yeah. minute thing happen. And it's like they should have. 
it, it's not a condensed enough storyline to fit in the yeah, 45 minutes. They should minutes. have added some more time. Yeah. Maybe it was daylight savings time and it switched. <laughs> it was a leap year. I don't know. Because you know what? One thing that this episode does well, the only thing maybe, besides bring us P- Peggy Peabody. Oh, thank God. Is that I really felt that feeling like with Shane and Carmen of when you and your partner are both not working that day and, <laughs> and, and you get into a fight and like whatever it is you're going to do that day, like you're like, shit, like we have nothing else planned for the rest of the day. This could go on. And we're both here in the house. We don't have anywhere else to be. Uh huh. We could just, this argument, this fight will just be water finds day. its own level. You know, <laughs> exactly. it's going to, yeah. it's going to last as long as the time we have available, which is infinite. Yeah. Um, I thought they really captured the feeling of a mid-afternoon relationship fight, you know, with a lot of people just moving rooms. No one's yelling, but everyone's upset, you know? Yep. So then we see Bette shouting and yodeling and screaming on her way out of the retreat to this bus stop. And she just starts screaming at the bus stop. And there's a man there. Yeah. She says that she's a silent retreat dropout. And she talks about going through a breakup and has no cell service. Yeah. And also he, the guy assumes that she's talking about breakup with her husband and she lets him assume that she doesn't correct him, which is, I mean, she's at a bus stop in the Mm -hmm. middle of fucking nowhere in 2006. So I probably would have done the same. Yeah. Although I look like this. So (laughs) I don't think you would have had that option. I would not. You would have been like, her name is Robin. And then the the guy would have been like Robin Robin Howard. (laughs) Like no Robin Romer. (laughs) Then we go to the hospital gift shop. Truly Uh one of the saddest places. (laughs) Sure. Ever been in a hospital gift shop. Yeah. Um, Alice stocks up on some candy and soda and then sees a fucking wretched dancing flower. This reminded me of this um, dancing California raisins <laughs> toy that like my family every year there's a white elephant gifts exchange and someone brings it back every single fucking oh, year. And God. it's like you press it and then the California raisins start doing the, the herd song. through yep. the grapevine. Yeah. I don't even know if kids these days know what the California they raisins don't. are. <laughs> I'm sure they don't. Look it up. Um, it's great. So we go back to the law situation. Is it's They like, say it's mediation. I thought it was like a, a deposition. I don't know. But it's mediation. Helena. I'm, I'm going to pretend like I know what all those words mean. I don't know what those words mean. Helena looks like she absolutely wants to die. <laughs> like, Yeah, the wrong person ended up dead here. Yeah, Helena's like, please, please, please end kill this. me. Yeah, she also just looks like a girl, little girl who's had her whole heart broken. You I know, know what I mean? Like she is like laid bare in these scenes where like she normally would be like she, we know how she is normally this it's just so out of character no. but like she's just like ripped apart she's like in the indigo girl song least complicated oh my God. you know what i mean she's just real deep in her in wow. her feelings wow, wow, wow. peggy is trying not to laugh <laughs> which is such a breath of fresh air we learned that helena has had two other situations one was she settled out of court for sexual harassment and then also manipulation and stalking it sounds like one of these people was an ex-girlfriend and another and the other was, was a therapist, therapist. yeah Plus all of her issues with violating the terms child. of her child. Mm-hmm. What is the word I'm looking for? Uh, custody. Yes. Custody. <laughs> custody. Custody. You know what I would love is if everyone went out for a custard. Oh, that sounds nice. You know, and maybe talked about sunshine and rainbows. And baked a cake. Yeah. And we could all eat it together. Yes, I want to eat a cake. Um, so the lawyer's kind of like reading all this stuff. And like Helena is now for the first time truly learning and understanding just how badly Dylan screwed her over so Mm -hmm. that's also adding to her like sadness and despair and they brought a little VHS oh yeah they sure did the tape it's the the tape you're saying I have to fuck you before we can talk business you have to fuck me before you can expect to get anything from me 
I wish this was the only time we have a sex tape scandal on this show, but yeah. it's not. I wish it was the tape from the ring. <laughs> Can you imagine? I want to recut the scene. Recut yeah. the scene. Just, like, I would love that they accidentally like recorded and like torch went over the it. The girl like crawls out yeah. of the TV onto the table. Peggy Peabody be like, I've had quite enough. Oh, also the other the the other cases against her um, were all settled out of court. I feel like right. that we should note that. Yeah. Yeah. We go back to the gift shop and the fucking flower plays You Are My Sunshine. And honestly, I truly had PTSD <laughs> from 2006 when this aired for the first time. Uh-huh. That thing has been haunting me. Oh, yeah. That for song has been ruined years. for lesbians forever. I hadn't thought about you it in so long and hadn't actually heard that version of it and seeing it and hearing it just made me miserable yeah we, we haven't had any sunshine since then it's been dark it's been dark cloudy and dark uh, dark 14 years of the soul we go back to shenny's carmen and shane are still fighting because not that much time has passed so of course they are and shane is day drinking a bunch of beers yeah, she's like are you gonna get drunk it's two in the afternoon uh carmen's like you seem upset you seem upset and shane's like that's you projecting carmen Shane doesn't know what projecting means, no. um, but it's still funny for it's some still reason. Funny, yeah, um, I really, I just wish they would have a therapist or breakup. Mm. Every scene just really confirms. That. Yeah. Then we go to a <sighs> restaurant where Tina and Henry are meeting up with some heterosexuals. Yes, they have their children and they are going to lunch. Yes, nice heterosexual lunch with one bisexual person yes. at it. Mm-hmm. Kit goes. This home? this Angus's is, apartment. She goes to Angus's apartment. This is what I'm talking about with time. Because where is does Angus live in relation to the planet? Oh, actually really close, right? Doesn't... I, I feel like remember. there was a scene where someone talks about living really close to the planet, like down the street from the planet. You? Oh, it was, it was me. You. <laughs> uh, she does that thing where she like smells his pillow. Like he's not oh. off at war. He hasn't yeah. died. Like he didn't or break up he? with you. Is he? We don't know he where he be. is. And he's we never probably at war. Know. He's probably at war. He's at war. Um, then we go to the bus stop. And and then the wise old woman turns up and notes, how can you release everything if you keep it all inside? And wow. And Beth's like, Whoa. wow, I wish I had thought of that. I wish I had met you before Whoa. I spent all this money on this yeah, Buddhist she, meditation retreat. It was retreat. at least $10,000 oh, yeah. retreat because you she, know Beth wanted the private room. Oh, yeah. I mean, she she's upgraded in the master whatever. Suite. <laughs> yeah, she upgraded yeah. to whatever she could have. She bought all of her tunics. She got some free massages that oh, went yeah. with, with her package. With she, the VIP. Yeah, she upgrade. has a $750 of spa credit. <laughs> Um, but it's only usable at that retreat. Yeah, yeah. All she can get is a sound bath and an aura, <laughs> an aura reading. Can't even get a mud bath like they do in Paris. I know. Can't get a little nipple mud bath. <laughs> you know, that's what you you have to go. You have to go to Europe if you want that. And then the old lady suggests that the three of them scream together, and they yeah. do. And and then you know later, and then a million years later, here we all are watching the Elbert Generation Q, and that moment is mentioned. Oh God, you're right. Did I ever tell you that I, I one time I went on a silent retreat? No. How did that go? How do you think it went? Not good. No. No? No, not well. Not well at all. <laughs> and her and Angie scream. Yep. Also, everyone's really in some winter wear. It's hardcore winter. Yeah. Beth's got, Beth is not fucking around with mm-hmm. her coat. No one is fucking around with their coats. We're doing hats. We're doing mittens. Yep. We're yeah. doing all of it. We're screaming. Scarves. Yeah. I feel like if you scream, maybe it warms you up a little. I in the cold. will say that it is my understanding that buses, long distance buses, do have actual bus stations, not like just a random yeah. bus stop. In my experience from riding, because I used to ride the Greyhound a lot, 
Yeah, that is that is that does track. Yeah, um, and they would have some like pastries in plastic wrap that would be really bad, and then like but really I would have eaten them coffee. anyway. Yeah, I would have yeah. been like, I'll I'll do this pineapple thing. There's something kind of like weirdly charming about the three of them sitting there screaming together, mm-hmm. but Dana's dying, so yeah, n- no. Um, so back in the hospital, Alice is like sad, the saddest sack that has ever sat in. She doesn't even go to sit on a bench. She just goes and like sits on the edge of a curb yeah, outside with a little the sunshine toy. She looks up at the sun and then a total eclipse of the sun occurs. And it's Tanya. It's fucking Tanya. And this is why you shouldn't look into the sun because you don't <laughs> exactly. you Tanya see could Tanya show showing up yes. and then suddenly you have to talk to Tanya and yeah. you miss your friend dying. Exactly. <sighs> then we go. Okay. So <laughs> the lunch with Tim and Becky is at Pink's Hot Dogs. On location. Which is Melrose and La Brea, nowhere uh-huh. near any fictional swim team college, anything. It's also that, isn't it always like have a mile long line yes. or something? It's really. I drive by it all the time. There is always, it does not matter the day or the time. There is always a massive line outside, which I don't so understand. Really, it should be like 3.15 PM by the time they're getting their hot dogs. Yeah, there's no way saying. they got their hot dogs that quickly. I'm or, not buying or even, this timeline. Or even got to Pink's that quickly from wherever they were. I will say after watching this, I wanted a hot dog. I did want a hot dog real bad. Yeah. I, actually, I still do. Now that we're talking about it again, I want I don't dog. want a Pink's hot dog, though, because oh, really? I, I the had best hot dogs in LA. and it was gross. So. Oh, really? And I like hot dogs a lot. Hmm. That was gross. Well, Max is in love with Tim. Oh, my God. He's like, do you work out? Max is like looking at Tim's man arms and he's like bulging biceps. Yeah. He's like he's obsessed with Tim. Yep. Yeah. Do you work out? Which is wow. And then um, he's like, Max, like, yeah, I have to work out because if I didn't work out, I'd want to break someone's face. And it's like, like, dude. Uh, Becky's like, I've always wanted to come to Pink's. Tim said they had the best hot dogs in L.A. But it's not Becky. It's not. It's Jenny seeing herself if she had stayed with Tim. Exactly. So uh, there's like a little cute scene where Jenny, this is the screenshot I took of Jenny dressed in the Becky outfit yeah. being saying that. Becky's lines and Jenny's just like oh my god you know like I'm so glad that's not my life I'm so glad I have this other much better boyfriend (laughs) (laughs) we go back to the lawyer situation they're watching the sex tape oh my god but Peggy's watching Helena watch Dylan watch the sex (laughs) Mm -hmm. tape and then Peggy's like what the fuck you guys that was clearly like a role-playing power play game yeah she's like what i saw was a rather was a sexual game in the poorest possible taste to be sure (laughs) but certainly not harassment also also like agree like that is so clearly it's so clearly like what it is you know yes i I cannot believe that these that the the like the lawyer is like this is the proof yeah you're just like Mm, is it so Danny starts speaking on behalf of Dylan, which is yeah. gross. And then Peggy starts arguing with him, which was great. Um, He's and like, your money out, won't win. He hates Peggy. He hates the Peabody's. He has applied in the past for grants with their foundation five times. Mm-hmm. They were turned down every single time and they saw an opportunity and wanted revenge. Yeah. And uh, normally I love, a, I love an eat the rich narrative, but this guy's no. the fucking worst. Yeah, he is. And also... I think it's also unclear to me and I'd be very curious to know. And I actually think it would have been more interesting if the way this was happening was that he found out about Dylan and Helena and was like, well, you know what? If you, you know, like we're going to do this. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. And she felt like she had to go along. Right. Because it doesn't really make sense to me that this was their plan from the beginning. No, it doesn't at all. Like even running into her, like even her being at the screening and like them clicking, like none of that makes sense to me. Or like he would assume, you can't assume Helena's going to fall in love with your girlfriend. No, there's such like, there's such like leaps that had to have been made that, that don't 
makes sense for like this plan. So it's like, it would have been so cool to kind of, not cool, I don't know if that's the right word. It would have been interesting yeah. narratively to see actually like the machinations behind the plan and like how, how this happened. Right. And like how involved really was Dylan? Was she completely coerced into it? Mm -hmm. Because she seems so subservient, subservient to him. And so like pains, like he's coming across as an incredibly abusive person. And I actually have a lot of questions. Well, we already know he's a Cylon. Yeah. But like I have a lot of questions about their relationship and like what Dylan's going through. And like, this is actually the first time I've cared about Dylan on this whole season. (laughs) Because I'm like, wait, this is, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, what the hell? What the holy fucking hell? What the fucking hell? So he's super bitter and wants revenge. And Peggy Mm -hmm. calls him out. Um, and I'm just so happy Peggy's there because Me Helena too. is completely unable to function. Yeah, she hasn't spoken. She hasn't said time. a word. She hasn't stood up for herself. She yeah. hasn't said a thing. Yeah. Because she's so in love with Dylan that she's like, whatever, whatever she, I think she's kind of like in like a, and what we find out later, she's like, I'll sign it. Like whatever yeah. she wants almost, yeah. which is so upsetting. Right. But then like, thank God Peggy's there to at least like try. Right. So we go back to Shenny's. Um, Carmen gets on top of like, Carmen in her little outfit. Yeah. So Shane's now reading a book. She's Again, pretending to read a book. Time, you guys. Time. She's not reading this book. She's pretending to read a book. Carmen gets on top of her and is like, I'm sorry. It was so stupid. It's not like me. She's like, can we start over with a clean slate? And Shane gets super close to her face. This is a this shot of the two of them is very popular on mm-hmm. the Internet. Mm-hmm. And Shane says, do you feel good now that we're even? Which like, whoo. Yeah. Whoo. I mean, they're both. Uh, I don't I don't even have the energy to like uh, to unpack this but like yeah. they're both being so hypocritical and vindictive although in if you think about it in terms of if we're buying this timeline mm-hmm. Shane's being pretty chill about it because she gets over it in half an hour but like Shane it's like on the one hand if Carmen had never blown up but I mean if they had just been in like an open relationship then this right. would have been fine from the start because Shane is not doesn't Shane abides by a different set of rules than Carmen does. And they haven't, they never really tried to communicate that or deal with that, Mm -hmm. which is what led to everything going to shit in the first place. Mm -hmm. But then Carmen made her like punished her and made her feel so shitty about what happened that now that it's reversed, Shane feels, I think like feels like she has to be a little vindictive. And I don't even know if that's coming from a real place. Yeah. I don't know. I I think I, I projected and I'm using it correctly onto Shane. (laughs) Situations like this where it was like I knew it was wrong and I had the right to be mad because some like, you know, someone had cheated and that wasn't fair. But also where I felt like I understood why it happened yes. and that, that the reason it happened was partially my fault. And so I was like, I'm going to like be mad for about as long as I'm allowed to be mad. But then like we have to move back. Like I'm not going to hold this forever, right, you know, right? because I think it's it's not about that. It's about something else. So then. Carmen like gets off of her and like starts to storm out, but Shane grabs her and they start kissing mm-hmm. and they're finally going to bang guys. Thank God. Bang, bang, bang. I mean, whatever. This is such a bad relationship for so many reasons, yeah. uh, which is a shame because they're so hot. together. Yeah. They're very <laughs> physically attractive together. It's, uh, it's a real, it's a real mess. It's a real mess. <laughs> we go back to the hospital where Tanya is just sitting there saying she's very upset that she threw away her chance to be Mrs. Dana Fairbanks and wishes she could turn oh back God. time because she was looking for something better. She... Um, first of all, she's a rapist. <laughs> Second of all, she's a murderer. She killed a cat. She killed a cat. She sexually assaulted Dana the first time that they were together. Mm-hmm. She is manipulative and lying and super evil and evil. <laughs> she's evil. You know, you were never going to be like Mrs. Disney villain Dana Fairbanks. 
Tanya. Somehow she heard that Alice and Dana broke up, but did not hear about Dana's cancer. Right. Which she would absolutely know about. Sure. Yeah. I'm not really sure why they made that choice. It's also the choice for Alice not to tell her. Yeah. Yeah. And then turns out Tanya has been trying to have a baby because she wants someone to always be with her. Crazy. This is a very bad reason to have a child. <laughs> it sure is. Which she admits to. Yeah. And it's kind of like, but oh, well. <laughs> um, so that's Ooh. so if you're wondering why is Tanya outside of this hospital mm-hmm. where Alice is also outside of this hospital, it's because she was she's waiting to see if she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Or, no, I think she's getting inseminated. She's getting inseminated. OK, that's what's happening. Yeah. I thought she had been inseminated and then she was wait. I don't know. Well, whatever she's going to do, it shouldn't take more than three minutes. <laughs> um, then we go back to Pink's Hot Dogs in Los Angeles, California. Max is scarfing Wolfing. down the hot dogs. And, and Tim, what does Tim say? He's like, well, uh, first of all, Max is chewing with his mouth open. Yeah, it's just, I feel like this the show like has, has done, it's like <laughs> Max has now been a part of the show this whole season so far. And so like when Max first showed up, there was that whole like country mouse, city mouse yeah. kind of thing, like fish out of water where yeah. it's like this guy from the nowheres. <laughs> and which is like, of course, like not at all true yeah. as friend of the pod, Brittany, Brittany Nichols has pointed yeah. out. The part of Illinois they're from is right outside Chicago and is absolutely very much a city. Anyway, mm-hmm. not that that matters at all. But um, they, they kind of can't let that go. And I feel like this is part of that is like it's a little like look at his lack of class. And it's like. Oh, I thought they were trying to be like, look, he's a man and men are gross. Oh, I think it's all of the above. She makes you eat hot dogs faster than everyone else. (laughs) So Max tells them that uh, Jenny's publishing a book and she says she's publishing it with Simon and Schuster. And Tim is like, I didn't think you could commit to anything long enough to see it through. And then that's fun. That's a nice thing to say that her next line, though, is something that I is another one of those lines that I think about all the time. Yeah. And especially recently, I was like having a thing with a friend where she was upset about something that had happened a long time ago. And I thought of this line because I was like, everything bad that could have happened to me because of that has happened. Like I have suffered for like the universe has punished me for sure for for what I did. And like and I accept responsibility for that, you know. Um, But anyway, so what she said was, oh, I committed. I became a self mutilator went on medication, did a short stint in a psychiatric hospital. I spent six months with my parents in Skokie. Everything that I know you'd want to happen to me, which is, it's brutal. And honestly, for me, it was very resonant. Yeah. Tim says he never wanted any of that for her, um, but he's not going to forgive her. He's still upset. He's still upset. He says that she should have been honorable and let him go. Yeah. So then Jenny says... Did Tim tell you, Becky, about the little revenge fuck he gave me before he left for Ohio? And revenge fuck is an interesting way to talk about what I think was, again, sexual assault. It was sexual assault. So Becky's like, well, <laughs> I am done having the best hot dog in Los Angeles. Yeah, this, this is, is the, the worst. Straw. <laughs> this is the worst hot dog in Los Angeles. <laughs> this is the worst hot dog lunch I've been to. So that, that was. Uh, so that's an awkward lunch. My, my note here is, well, lunch is over. <laughs> uh 30 seconds later back at the bus stop waiting for the bus bus still isn't there it's 2 22 p.m then uh, we go the old woman is hydrating the dude <laughs> loves to drive bet always would bury herself in a task to get over her sadness but she's just running away all right great back to the straight people lunch plus tina yes <laughs> um tina and henry what? don't want to jinx anything they've only been dating for five days <laughs> they're so happy and then oh, oh. 
some extras walk over and are like, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but you have such a beautiful family. What? 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 And then it said, uh, you know, my child, like my daughter is adopting. She assumes because Angie is black that like Tina and Henry can't be her like biological parents. Right. And she says that like her child is adopting kids. Yeah. And says something about adopting needy children right because there's so many they want to have another child of their own but so many needy children out there like they assume angelica it it was weird and and also like tina just goes along with it and then yeah you know if bet was there she'd be like actually that would have flipped the table over (laughs) and been like let me tell you about my family yeah um Um, i'm so mad that angelica has to endure any of this i know so then the couple leaves and the guy, one of the the straight guy is like, hey, Jimbo called me about basketball next week. And I'm like, Jimbo, Jimbo. Really, guys? Really, really? guys? Jimbo. That was the only straight guy named Jimbo. you could come up with. Huh? Straight, Jimbo. <laughs> They've already used Mark five times. So got to use something. Uh, also, don't ruin basketball for us. Yeah, don't ruin it. Uh, tough day for basketball. So back at Angus's, he finally gets home. Kit says it's been two hours, so yeah. that already throws the entire Yeah, exactly. That doesn't make any sense. Unless he was already over an hour late at the moment she was at the planet talking about the guy with the burger. That's the only way. But it seems like she's been there. So the next timestamp we get is 2.26 <laughs> p.m. The last one we got was 2.22 p.m. At the planet, when she's waiting for him, it's 2.03 p.m. So she somehow got upset and got to his apartment in less than 20 minutes. Correct. And then has been sitting there and is now like in a complete state. She's in a tizzy and says that he's been missing for two hours and he's like, oh, I forgot my phone and like picks it up off of like the, sh- the table. Right. Which, what, when she, Which she would it have ringing? seen and yeah. she would have, anytime she called it, would have heard it. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, and then he gets all, then he gets all like patronizing with her and he's yes. like, oh, you, you worry and you get crazy because you love me so much. I just wanted to, I wanted to We're work out and or punch him in the face. the face. I want to break his face. I want to call Max and be like, hey, did you work out today? And if he's like, no, I've been like, I've got a face for you I've to break. A face I needed to put your fists in front of. Yeah. Um, What the fuck? He's like really just, and he also doesn't say where he was. Did I miss that? Yeah, fuck Angus. Then we go to Sh- Shane and Carmen fucking. <laughs> yeah. Shane, 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 Carmen, 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 Carmen. It's pretty hot. Yes. It feels real. Yeah. A lot of white colors um, and sexuals. And sexuals? Sexuals. Like sexuals, but sexuals. They're having sure. sexuals. Sure. Sexuals intercourses. <laughs> They're having it. This episode has broken our brains. <laughs> Sex or course. <laughs> oh my God, I hate this is our this is all we get in this fucking episode we get peggy peabody and we get a a pretty good sex scene yeah uh then we go back to the bus stop where everyone's just like silently meditating i know that's the whole scene my note is meditating five question marks (laughs) i wrote meditating or whatever yeah back to the law situation at the mediation so it's peggy and helena and their lawyer are talking separately Mm -hmm. and the lawyer says Danny and Dylan have a strong case because of Helena's history. And Peggy's like, oh, no, we're taking this to court and I'm going to destroy yeah, them. She's like, they're I gave my laptop a standing ovation at this point. <laughs> she's like, they're extortionists and I am going to punish them. Ah, amazing. And he's like, you'll be the one who pays. And she's like, like I always am. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then 
they go back and they go back in and and we find out the terms of the settlement (laughs) it's not just money Uh it's a release plan for their stupid documentary including opening on 400 screens (laughs) and peggy rightly so is like this is a documentary you morons she's like this is a documentary not finding fucking nemo best line yeah absolutely best line i want it on a shirt also what so these extortionists How? also want is the film even done is that is that allowed can you have that in a in a lawsuit settlement that you because don't the screens that movies cinemas have to agree to have the film shows oh god i mean then we're gonna get what's into like a very of, long discussion the about theatrical what's distribution the point of opening in four thousand screens if four thousand people don't want to see your if movie? only netflix existed back then this would have been only. a much simpler lawsuit <laughs> Yeah, well, they should just go direct to video, but... Uh, this is so ridiculous, and Peggy continues to tell them how ridiculous it is. Um, so then Helena... She speaks. Finally fucking speaks, and of course, she says something stupid, like... Helena... Tell me you were never in love with me, and that you never want to see me again. She's trying to call Dylan's bluff. She's, like, th- threatening to sign the settlement. She's, like, holding the pen. Mm-hmm. And Dylan is like, I never want to see you again. Yeah, but she's like all teary about it. Yeah, I mean, I, you know who I never want to see again after this is Dylan. Correct. I'm like, you're. This is shitty. You're dead to me. You're dead to me. So Helena signs, and Danny terrible idea. Literally goes yes when she signs, and then laughs on his way out of the room. Helena, I wish Piggy had uh, Piggy. Well, <laughs> I wish Miss Piggy had broken in. <laughs> I wish Peggy had like slapped her and stopped her from yeah. signing it. so i hated how that worked out also that's not how that worked out because there's no way that like that's continued and whatever um also helen is about to lose this movie studio yeah also like jenny's uh, should take the negative of the documentary and and put it in the attic put it in the attic uh everyone gets on the bus hey the bus finally showed up the bus we're gonna take a bus the old lady says life is a strange fast Uh, i was like oh fuck whatever like if it's a strange trip, if, except for Dana, because hers is about to end. But first, we go back to the end of the straight people plus Tina lunch. Uh-huh. Henry asks if Tina's okay. He says, I don't have a problem with your life or the way you've lived it. What is, what he, is talking he talking about? Because <laughs> it's like, is what? It, it's supposedly he's referencing the old people saying the thing about the kid. But like, what? 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 I don't. I I don't know anything. Uh, get it. I don't get it. Also, that's honestly just like a slightly less gross way of saying you don't fuck like a lesbian, which is yeah. what she like beat. Mm-hmm. She like shoved that other dude for saying. But with with Henry, she's like, God, you're the best man. I can't yeah. believe you just said that to me. I'm so into you. She also has a bisexual bob. Total bisexual bob. Looks pretty episode. good on her. She does look good. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Um. So then we go to Max and Jenny in the car. And Jenny's like, that was a total disaster. And he's like, Tim's not that bad of a guy. And Jenny's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, Max again, in love with, head over heels for Tim. Obsessed with Tim. Obsessed with Tim. And he's like, did you miss it? Like being with a man that could have been your life. And she's like, I would have killed myself if that were my life. Yeah. And he's and, like, I don't know. I think it looks pretty good to me. And she's like, that's what you want. You want to like be complacent and live in the suburbs. And he says, I don't think there's anything wrong with trying to be happy. And it's like, that's not what Jenny asked. It's not. Also, okay, here we have 
I, it's like fun because every episode is like, let's do another like trans stereotype. Okay. <laughs> so like, here's the one for this time is that a lot of the discourse around trans people was like people like um, trans men just want to be traditional men. They want to like leave queer communities behind and blend in and be normal. And like, they are just playing into gender stereotypes, like of the strong providing me. So basically that's what they're trying to do here. They're trying to give that to Max also. Max is wearing in this episode baggy khaki pants mm-hmm. and a light blue button up, which is straight guy outfit number one. Yeah, he also like could probably casual. work at Best Buy in that. Definitely. I think I, I also I have clothes. that shirt. <laughs> I have a similar shirt as well, yeah. but I just got rid of it finally after years. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm, I think, I'm growing up. I don't know if I still have mine. So we go back to the hospital. Tanya and... Alice are finishing their conversation. Tanya's off to go be pregnant. And she tells Alice she's always jealous of her because of how much Dana loved her. And I was like, that's okay. It was also a weird thing to say because she does know that Alice and Dana started dating immediately after they broke up. And that they have broken up since then. Right. So just, I mean, look, Tanya's ridiculous. I mean, it's not surprising that she continues to be ridiculous. Um, Alice does not say what's going on with Dana, but she tells... Tanya that she'll have Dana call her and she's like great bye yikes um then we go and that's the episode and that's the episode <laughs> oh wait there there's more oh oh, oh, oh no. I guess there's like one thing that has to happen so okay so Dana Dana's in her room things are not going well beep 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 is going beep beep, beep. beep. her lips are blue her fingers are blue and then beep, flat line code blue code blue and it's then code blue for when your lips are blue and your fingers are blue yeah the code is just for whatever color your body is doing <laughs> mm. so i would be like so if you had a rash you'd be like yeah, code, code red, red. Yeah. oh cool yeah that's true or like if you had like a bruise but it had faded you'd be code yellow yeah but if it was a new bruise you'd be cold, pur- code but purple. if you were nauseous you'd be like code green exactly right or like code pale yeah, depending code, on how what code, like how code ivory. code ivory, depending I guess on your skin tone. Indeed, um, yeah, we're doctors, so we can say these things. Yeah, we're doctors, and I would like to say that I didn't, I didn't like this representation of doctors. Yeah, as people who are trying to save a life. Yeah, that was how to save. <laughs> what a is life. this Grey's Anatomy? I know right? how to save a life. Okay, so then the show gets real heavy with it and leaves the clock up for the rest of the episode. And for the rest of the episode, all we hear is the voice is. What the doctors are saying in Dana's room. We only room. hear the hospital room yeah. audio. All the audio from... We see a montage. The show loves a ending on a montage of what everyone's doing right now. We see everyone what they're doing, but we don't hear any of, the, any of their audio. Um, Shane, yeah, I think the last thing we hear, though, actually is... Doesn't Shane say I'm going to come? Because Shane's fucking... Shane and Carmen are fucking. Shane, Shane, Carmen, Carmen. Yeah. Um, says she's going to come. Then we go back to the hospital. We go back to Tina at lunch. We go to Peggy sitting with a very sad Helena. We go to Angus and Kit cuddled up in bed like happy people, even though Angus is being a total fucking weirdo. And also, where was he? Um, Jenny in the car with Max. Shane and Carmen fucking. Then we go to Bet on the bus and Bet feels it. Yeah. Bet's spidey sense is tingling. Yeah. She knows that something has gone wrong. Like she just feels it in her she feels it in her, in her bones. Yeah. And I'm weird. I believe in that kind of stuff for sure. I don't not believe in it. Hmm. I leave room for it because I think it is possible. Then they call the time of death. 2.35 p.m. And where's Alice? Alice is on her way back to the room and she looks through the glass and sees Dana 
as a doctor tells her what happened, they tried everything they could. And then we have to watch Leisha Haley cry and scream and cry as she falls to the ground. And that fucking flower <laughs> plays the fucking song. And that's the episode. So when this aired originally, which I remember, and I remember being in the room with Tara and Lainey and we were all crying and it was dark and we were probably drunk or on drugs or something. And then the, it ended with a little tiny, like a short film, like a little tiny docu-film that was about breast cancer and about their decision to portray it on the program. And up until that happening, the entire world was under the understanding that the entire world, because everybody was obsessed with the L word. So everybody was talking about it. Alice is the name on everybody's lip. Alice was the name on everybody's lip. That Aaron Daniels had wanted to leave the show. And so they needed to find a way to get to write her off. And they had chosen this. This. However, we learn in the little post script that no, Mm -mm. Aaron did not want to leave the show. We don't know where that rumor came from or if it was just people filling in the blanks. Because usually when you see... Especially because they, they told us she was going to die. Like, mm-hmm. They were publicizing it leading up to the episode. It was not a shock. Right. I mean, I guess it was shocking like how poorly it was handled, but it was not a shock that it happened. Right. Because they were promoting it. They were, they were promoting it as her dying? No. What were they promoting? I don't know. Somehow we knew Aaron. We knew it was coming. Yeah. Though. I feel like the first thing I heard was Aaron wanted to leave the show. Right. And I don't remember if I read that somewhere or if I just thought, oh, well, if they're going to kill off her character, it must be because she wants to leave the show. Why right. else would they do that? And then we learned in the little film that, no, it was just a story they wanted to tell. They wanted to tell the story about breast cancer because it impacts so many women, which is true. It's a great story to tell. But again, maybe don't have her die. And Aaron did not want to leave the show. All the cast talks about how they like cried when they saw the script and that they were all like really devastated because Aaron and Kate and Leisha and Jennifer, I think were all friends and I think they still are friends. Yeah. And like they had their little community up in Vancouver where they shot for however many months a year and did not want Aaron to not be a part of that anymore. anymore. Yeah. This was such a bummer. Yeah. Cause I remember all of us sitting in the room and seeing that and being like, wait, what? Yeah. What? 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 And then what's funny also is that meanwhile, Sarah Shahi wanting to leave the show went by completely uh, unnoticed. <laughs> like the actual, like there was an actress in the main cast who needed to leave the show at the end of the season, but it wasn't Aaron Daniels. It was Sarah Shahi. Yeah. But we didn't know that. No, we didn't know that. Until, yeah, until it ended and then we knew it. But like, um, so I hated this episode. Oh, I hated it so much. I don't know if it was if it was a bad, the time thing didn't work like at all. The time thing didn't really hold up. I I appreciate the effort because I think it could have been interesting, Mm -hmm. but it didn't really make sense. It's like I have to think of a, a show that like does a death and does it really well, like Buffy, like with the episode where Buffy's mom dies and yeah. how there's no soundtrack in the mm-hmm. entire episode. Like, right. There's definitely some like artistic things that they did in this episode that were cool, mm-hmm. like the lack of a score or soundtrack and mm-hmm. like the the sound stuff at the end. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just feels like they took a character and just completely abandoned her and mm-hmm. left her to die. Yeah. And I I guess they're trying to say like life's cruel and life's short and this is just life. But I also think that that was such an unnecessary thing to do on a show about a group of queer people. Yeah, 
I agree. Um, and as, as I said in, in previous episodes of our podcast, I just don't think narratively it made any sense. I don't think so either. Yeah. And we were also, there was still confusion around, I still think there was hope for Dana and Alice. <laughs> they totally framed it at the end. Like they yeah. were, like Dana was going to get better yeah. and like healthy and also be by her side the whole time. And they'd probably right. get back together. Yeah. That's totally what I was thinking was going to happen. Yeah. And what would have been a really interesting story for their mm-hmm. relationship as friends and then being together and then having that terrible breakup and then Alice being there for her and like what would happen when Laura comes back and like I feel like there's so many interesting things and like Dana's storyline of like getting through this rough time and like living and like mm-hmm. having a life again but it's different like yeah could have been and so she can't be an athlete anymore and so what you know where yeah. what is she then and like uh and Eileen Shaken has said that she regrets this choice. So she agrees with us. Good. Well, we're on the same page then. Yeah. But unfortunately, you can't bring someone back from the dead unless you're a witch. I just think that there's some things they could do on Generation Q, like introduce some witch characters and yeah. start bringing people back from the yeah, dead. Yeah, that's true. Queer witches are very popular. They need representation yeah. too. They're all know? over LA. Especially now that Marvel's Runaways is over, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so... I guess I don't really know what else to say. I was, I don't know if it was a good or a bad episode. No, it's just a thing that happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I feel like we probably weren't very funny this week. Do you think it's probably not our best, <laughs> but this wasn't the show's best. either. <laughs> it wasn't. Remember when Shane and no, remember when Carmen and Jenny had did piss play. Do you? I do. I do. We talked about it on this very podcast. Do you remember love? Life, Laughter. happiness, sunshine. <laughs> um, I don't. The sun, sunny days, vitamin. D. I wish that little. I wish that little uh, toy had played. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. No, I don't want them to ruin that song. <laughs> God. It's the first musical number in the app. First and last. Good God. So anyway. now we're set up for a rousing last two episodes of this season. You've got two more episodes of us being cranky and then on to season four. Yeah. Where things get real weird. Yeah. They get weird. And, and I entertaining and I feel, as fuck. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like often real bad, but in a funny way. But in way. like a much funnier way than this. Yeah. Is season four really reaches for the stars and fails so many times. It, and it's hilarious. It, it reaches so high and and fall so so fall the fall it falls so fall this episode has murdered our brains we can't i i mean angus was gone for two hours and and it takes 45 minutes Uh. what in the world i died we all died in this carmen and shane had sex for what three minutes according to this timeline i'm gonna look that up really fast just one second here they started having sex at about 2.20. So 15 minutes. By the time they're having successful sex, it is 2.26. I think that then she's going to come at 2.34. That's eight minutes later. Mm-hmm. Well, they're very good at sex. Good for them. Congratulations. I love this for them. Love this for them. You guys got <sighs> perfect score on sex. You did, did it. Perfect eight. <sighs> Reese, where can people find you on the internet? Auto in. Auto win, auto straddle to Ellen Back, Back. Carly Tron. You can email us at to Ellen Backcast at Gmail. You can call the hotline. It's 971-217-6130. Leave a message or don't. We have merch. Store.autostraddle.com. You can buy it. 
or don't or don't with money you should you should buy it though yeah because it helps fund this yeah don't you want to do you want more do you want more of this this will be our worst episode <laughs> probably right probably but at least everyone goes into it knowing assuming and knowing yeah. it will be bad yeah everyone knows what you're getting on board for i feel like the expectations are super low for this episode i hope yeah i hope or we're in a lot of trouble our theme song is by Beastead, while our logo is by Kara Sykes. And the production and mixing and editing of this episode is done by Lauren Klein. Want to do an L word? No. One, two, three. Low. Liver. It was just the first thing that pops into my mind. I thought I thought of the band Low, but I was mm. also thinking about... Um, low energy. Low, low energy. Low mood. Low spirit. Low <laughs> yes. energy for life. I said liver because I, I, I just started saying an L sound and then that's what came out. I lost my light. I lost my light too. I hope I can find it. I hope so too. I'm not that optimistic, but we'll see. Yeah. Thank you so much for putting up with this and getting through this with us. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Laughing, moving, fisting, biting, fucking crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way. It's the way that.